You're listening to a Big Finish production. Seventy-six percent nitrogen, twenty-two percent oxygen, one uh, percent argon, and the rest a subtle cocktail of helium, mm, methane, and carbon, di- uh, carbon dioxide. You know all this by breathing in. Oh yes, I could have been a perfumer, you know. So sensitive as the nose. I have a very sophisticated olfactory system. Or perhaps you checked the readings before we left the TARDIS. Well, if I hadn't, we might have stepped into a cloud of sulfur dioxide and been killed in an instant. The distress signal came from this direction. Follow me. Mm, that's, that's curious. Can you hear that? I hear nothing. Exactly. All flora and no fauna. No? Fauna. Animal life, only vegetation and of the most basic varieties. Spores, fungi, and clodosilopsids. Doctor, look, over there. Ah, yes. A structure of some sort, man-made, or if not by man, then by something. Pyramidal, complex, but ancient and a ruin. What am I describing myself? Could the distress signal be as old as you? Perhaps. I fear we may have come here on a fool's errand. But we should not give up so soon. There may be people here who need our help. Quite right. And besides, I could never resist the pyramid. Evidently, there were some people here once, and quite a few of them, judging by the size of this thing. I believe we're on the outer edge of what was once a city. But where are the people now? Where, indeed. The signal is coming from somewhere inside the pyramid. Get away! Doctor, there is someone here! Get away from here! You have to get away! What is wrong? Run! Both of you! Run! Perhaps we should do as she says. A warrior of the seventy never runs away. Well, then don't think of it as running away from danger, but towards safety. What are those things? Airborne robots. And apparently hostile. It has the woman, Doctor. What is that? Some sort of tractor beam. We have to save her. I'm trying, but the field is too strong. Put her down! Look out! Another one! Leela! Doctor! It has got me! Why is it not working? 
Put me down, that little monster! Put me down! No you! Dr. Marshall. Dr. Marshall, can you hear me? Uh, what? Dr. Marshall, if you can hear me, just blink. There we are. Good. Where am I? You're in room C5. No, no. I mean, where am I? Still a little dazed. I was exactly the same. I... I know you. Of course you do. But this place... This is not where we were. And where were you, Dr. Marshall? Stop calling me that. My name is Leela. That's right. Leela Marshall. Marshall? No. No. That is not right. That cannot be. Where is the doctor? Dr. Stewart should be here shortly. I called for him as soon as you began to come round. Not Dr. Stewart, whoever that is. I mean the doctor. Well, I'm pretty sure he'd insist he is the doctor around here. I'll just call the lab and find out if he's on his way. You should stay in bed. You were under for quite some time. Under? What do you mean? Sisyphus. Oh, these nonsense words. Explain yourself. Who are you? I'm Jennifer. Remember? Jennifer Lloyd. We work together. I have to get out of here. No, Dr. Marshall, I really think you should stay. Security, Dr. Marshall has left C5. She's still very dazed. I may need some help. There has to be some way. Dr. Marshall, it's all right. You're safe here. Just calm down. What is this place? What do you mean? You're in Cromarsh. No, no. We were in another world. Blimey, what have you taken? <laughs> All in the name of science, was it? Or did you have a few sherries on your lunch break? <laughs> Out of my way. Doctor, if you could just... <gasps> oh! Leela? <laughs> you are here. Of course. Where are we? Well, you know where we are. No, I do not. We were on another world. There was a jungle, a, a pyramid. Look around you. What do you see now? Uh, White walls, a blue floor. And who am I? You are the doctor. Which doctor? Just the doctor. Leela, do you trust me? Well, of course. Then come closer. Why? I want to tell you something important. What is it that is so important? Oh! Ah! What was that? Just a sedative. You poisoned me. It's for your own good. I, I cannot. It's all right, Let go of well, she's fine, Mr. Strand. The test went well, I think. Good. How are you feeling, Dr. Marshall? Who, who are you? <laughs> Remarkable. Good work, Dr. Stewart. Now, you simply have to undo all this, and I think we can label the experiment a success. That's if it can be undone. Oh, it can, and it will be. We have a lot riding on this. The Prime Minister expects results.
your name? I am Leela of the Sever team. Where were you born? Oh, Doctor. <laughs> where am I? What is happening? Where were you born? You know where I was born. You came to my world. Who's the Prime Minister? What is a Prime Minister? What's the last thing you remember before waking? Doctor, get me out of here. What is the last thing you remember before waking? Um, we were on a planet. There was a, a jungle and a structure. You called it a pyramid. What is your name? You know my name. I am Leela of the Sever team. Quite remarkable, don't you think, Miss Lord? Absolutely. Best results yet, I'd say. Oh, undo these straps. And for your own safety, can't have you running round assaulting the guards. That was quite a jab you gave poor Gary back there. That was quite a jab you gave me. Oh, just a shot of pentobarbital, no harm done. Where are we? The Cromarsh Institute, London. On Earth? Of course. And what year is it? 1978. The 6th of March, 1978, to be exact. No, 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 that is not possible. Leela, how much do you remember from before you went under? What does that mean? You remember nothing from before the dream? I was not dreaming. You must remember. You were there. There were machines in the sky. You told us to run away. Miss Lloyd. Dr Marshall and I were given the same dream scenario. I remember seeing the two of you as I was running away from the machines. But it was real. All right, Leela. I want you to remain calm. Can you do that for me? I can try. Your name is Dr. Leela Marshall. And I am Dr. George Stewart. We are colleagues here at Cromarsh, and together we are the architects of Project Sisyphus. What is Project Sisyphus? A psychological experiment. We use a combination of hypnosis and drug therapy to project a dream into the test subject's sleeping mind. A dream so vivid, they remember it as an experience from real life. And the dream spills over into your waking hours, into the real world. But this cannot be the real world. Oh, look around you, Leela. Which seems the more likely fiction? An alien world with flying robots, or London on a rainy Monday afternoon? Trust me, Dr. Marshall, the first few hours are always the worst, but it gets easier. Why would anyone do this? Oh, you really don't remember, do you? We are in the business of saving lives, Leela. Not right now, perhaps, but in the decades and centuries to come. Imagine a weapon that instead of destroying cities could obliterate ideologies, a weapon that in just one night could disenchant every citizen living under a dictatorship, remove the scale from their eyes, Damascene epiphanies all round. I do not understand. If the people dream of violence and war, change the dream. It's quite simple, really. And this was our plan? That's right. But I have a life, memories. We have travelled, you and I, to other worlds. The test is to see how extreme a scenario the mind will accept. In both our cases, the dream was far-fetched, and yet we still believed every moment of it. This is not happening. I'm afraid it is, Leela. But remember, you are safe here. Where are you taking me? We have a guest who'd very much like to see you, our friend from the Ministry. I'd hoped we might postpone his debriefing till you were a little more settled, but Linus Strang is hardly the world's most patient man. 
Ah, Dr. Marshall. All better now? Leela, you remember Mr. Strang from the Ministry? He is familiar. <coughs> I should hope so. We've met often enough. But everything in this place is familiar, and nothing about it feels right. Dr. Marshall... Please, do not call me that. <sighs> Very well. Leela... As I'm sure you'll appreciate, the Ministry of Defence has put a lot of time, effort and, above all, money into Project Sisyphus. Our initial deadline came and went, but we were patient. We knew this was pioneering research. Unfortunately, we now have Number 10 breathing down our necks. Election next year and all the rest of it. They want results. Who is Number 10? What is election? Perhaps it will Sisyphus be... is your project. The final responsibility rests with you and Dr Stewart. Is that clear? None of this is clear. Now, while I'm happy to see the experiment work so well, the Ministry made it abundantly clear the effects should be reversible. My concern is that this... this delusional state will have permanent consequences for you and all of the other test subjects. And that simply won't do. Am I making myself understood? I understand nothing. And that is precisely what I'm talking about. Whether it's a ballistic missile or a psychological trick, a weapon is only effective when the bearer has complete control over it. The effects of Sisyphus must be reversible, or else it'll be a catastrophe. I need you to recover, Dr. Marshall, and quickly. Otherwise, I really don't know what I'll tell the secretary. Who is the secretary? Who is the secretary? <laughs> Dr. Stewart, Dr. Marshall, I am depending on you. The Ministry is depending on you. Oh, I do not like that man. Good. That's the first sensible thing you've said since waking up. Doctor, if this is some game, some trick, please, while we are alone, give me a sign. A, a nod, a wink, anything. A sign of what, Leela? Oh. What game might we be playing? Good morning, Leela. Who are you? My name is Dr. Holman. I'm responsible for cognitive therapy here at Cromarsh. It's my job to get you feeling like your old self again. Quite literally. But I feel like myself. It is the rest of the world that has gone mad. Yes. I can imagine that's how it feels. Tell me, Leela, you say you travelled in time with this doctor. That is right. And you say the doctor... That's his name, yes? Just the doctor? Yes. You say he resembles Dr. Stewart. Not resembles him. It is him. They look exactly alike, and, and yet they are not the same. I see. And when you travel in time with Dr. Stewart, I, I mean the doctor, when you travel in time, how do you get about? In some sort of time machine? Like the film with, um... Oh, what's his name? Fellow out of the birds. We travel in the TARDIS. TARDIS. And what does that mean, TARDIS? It stands for um, Time and Relative Dimension in Space, or Dimensions. I'm not sure he knows which. I see. Tell me a little bit about your family. My family? My parents are both dead. And you have no other relatives? None. Is that so? Where are you taking me now? Dr Holman thought it might be good for you to see a familiar face. 
Here we are. Hiya, love. No. When they said my name was Marshall, I, I thought... But no, no, it cannot be you. Of course it's me. Leela, love. It's Colin. You recognise Colin, don't you? His name is Marshall, and... and yes? He, he is dead. Love, please. Don't say that. What's wrong with her? It's all right. As I said before, this was to be expected. Leela, it's okay. You had a dream, that's all. But I'm here now. I saw you die. Please don't say that. Oh, I want to believe it is you. And it is. <laughs> Go on. Hold my hand. Oh. See? I'm here. I'm really here. No. You cannot be real. Get him out of here. Leela. Get him out of here! I don't want to leave her like this. Leela, you must remember the life we had together. We've been married for five years for crying out loud. These are lies. I'm sorry, perhaps if... If what? If I just walk out of here and leave you to scramble her mind even more? Your wife is perfectly safe here. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. What Dr. Stewart is trying to say... Forget it. Leela, I'm going home now because I have to... And because I don't know what good I can do here. But if they can't fix this... We shall, I promise you. Leela, I love you. Okay? I love you. And I'm sorry I let them do this to you. If I'd known... It was it, her decision. But you let her do this! And if you don't fix this... Mr. Marshall. It's okay. I'm going. I'm going. Goodbye, Leela. I'll come back for you. Whatever happens, I'm coming back for you. I promise. Dr. Stewart tells me you didn't respond well to seeing your husband. He is not my husband. I'm sure Colin would beg to differ. His name is Marshall. And he... He kindly gave us a few items before he undertook the experiment. Things that might help in this event. What things? Could we turn the lights down? Thank you. What is this? Family photographs. That's a picture of you and Colin. Your honeymoon. Ibiza, it says here. Colin says you walked up to a parapet overlooking the harbour and the citadel. Got some strangers, some elderly German couple, to take your picture. Do you remember this? No. But you can see the picture for yourself. That's you. And that's Colin, yes? I do not remember it. But that place... <laughs> it is very beautiful. And we look so happy. I agree. But the picture is a lie. Let me ask you, what is the first thing you remember? The very earliest memory you have. I, um, I remember a sunset in the forest. We were with our tribe. I was very little. Your tribe? Yes. And this is a memory from some far-flung world, not a memory of Earth? I was not born on Earth. How can you know for certain this didn't happen here? Nothing you describe, the forest, the sunset, is something you won't find right here in London. Why, we could drive up to Hampstead I was with or... my family, my parents. Your parents? 
They are not my parents. Describe them to me, then. Your real parents. My mother. She died very young. She had dark hair and blue eyes, and my father... He was a kind man. Honorable. His name was Sole. And that is not my father. And how about this one? Do you recognize these children? I'd say the boy is what? Four years old? And the girl perhaps 12 months at most? Who are they? You know who they are, Leela. No, I do not. They're your children. Yours and Colin's. Turn it off. Turn it off! Leela, I know you're probably very eager to get out of here, but I think you should stay at Crowmarsh. Just for a few nights, until you feel better. I am not ill. It's for the best, Leela. Trust me. You're safe here. We've arranged a room for you in B-Wing, Leela. Not as austere as it sounds, I promise. It may not be the Savoy, but I think we've made it rather cosy. Leela? Why is this happening? I'm sorry? The only reason I have not fought my way past you and escaped from this place is that this might still be a part of some plan. <laughs> what do you mean by plan? I know you. Or at least I, I think I know you. And I know how cunning you can be. This might be a trick that you are playing on the others, whoever or whatever they are. I assure you, Leela, this is not a trick. I only want to see you get better so that you can get home to your family and so that we can carry on with our work. Then what is to stop me from killing you and escaping right now? Your restraints, for one thing. <laughs> you think they could hold me for very long if I wanted to free myself? Oh, possibly not. But do you know what I think is really holding you back? Decency, Leela. Common decency. This warrior woman, this savage, that isn't who you are, and you know it. Miss Lloyd, is everything ready? Yes, Dr. Stewart. Excellent. Let's undo these straps, shall we? Now, that's better. Now, this room should be perfectly comfortable for you. You have your own bathroom just over there. And a radio. You know, if you want to listen to Noel Edmonds in the morning. Oh, Miss Lloyd, please. You know Dr. Marshall can't abide pop music. Oh. Now, if you'll excuse me, I do have a few calls to make. But I'll see you first thing tomorrow, yes? Sleep well. This picture, Marshall. That's you and Colin, isn't it? When was that? Was it your honeymoon? I do not know. Dr. Holman must have sent it down to make the place feel a bit more homely. You were there. In the jungle, you tried to warn us. Oh, we've been over this already. We were given the same dream. <gasps> Can you hear that? Hear what? It is coming from that box. What did you call it? You mean the radio? Yes. But it isn't even switched on. But that noise. I don't hear anything. How can you not hear it? Probably an auditory hallucination. Don't worry, it's just another after-effect of the test. It'll pass. It is silent again. See? What did I say? Who were you in the dream before you woke up here? I was not... Um, I am not a doctor or a scientist. Who were you? Oh, it was all very silly. You'd laugh if I told you. I doubt that. Please, tell me. 
I was a pilot, like an astronaut, I suppose, flying a spaceship. It was called, oh, let me see, what was the name of it? The DSV Tikrit. Like I said, ridiculous, really. Why? Because, well, it just is. Spaceships, alien planets. And why were you there? In that jungle? I was passing by when I picked up a distress signal. So did we. But now, you do not believe the dream? <laughs> of course not. And the life that you had before waking up a, a, a whole lifetime, you let go of it all so easily? Oh, I wouldn't say easily. But consider this. In the dream, what's the last thing you remember? The machines. We were captured. They were lifting me into the sky. Precisely. Same here. We were in danger. I don't know about you, but I'd swap that nightmare for this world any day. Sure, being a research assistant might not be quite as exciting as flying spaceships for a living, but at least I don't get chased around by killer robots. We're safe here. Everyone keeps saying that. Because it's true. Wow. Is that the time I was meant to finish ages ago? Andy will be starving. Andy? My husband. You are married here? Of course. You've met him. Dozens of times. You really don't remember a thing, do you? The two of you get along famously. Both big fans of Tennyson. Tennyson? Tennyson. The poet? I am a part of all that I have met, yet all experience is an arch where through gleams that... Something, something. No? I do not know these words. It's your favourite poem. Yours and Andy's. Every time the pair of you get together, you compete to see who can recite it start to finish. Oh, never mind. I'm sure you'll remember it eventually. I'll see you in the morning, Leela. Sweet dreams. <laughs> sound again. I hear it. I know I can hear it. What are you? Leela, do you hear me? Oh, Doctor! Listen to me, Leela. We don't have much time. How do I know it is really you? This world is full of trickery. Uh, tell me, where did we meet, you and I? On your world. Your people worship Zoan and your deadliest enemies were the Tesh, and as we discovered in Macau in 1923, you're rather partial to a custard tart. <laughs> It is you. Well, I certainly hope so. Tell me, where do you think you are right now? Earth, London. And where exactly in London? They call it Crowmarsh. It is a building of many rooms and many corridors, like a, a, a fortress. I see. Now listen to me carefully, Leela. I can help you to escape, but there's something you must do. What is it? I will do anything. You must destroy Crowmarsh.
What is it? I will do anything. You must destroy Cromarsh. Destroy it? Think of other dreams as you've had. Were there moments in those dreams when you were certain that you were about to die? Yes, many times. And yet you didn't. Each time, at that precise moment, you woke up. Cromarsh is an elaborate dream, nothing more. If you were captured, you and that young lady... Yes, Jennifer. She is here at Cromarsh. I thought she might be. I followed the machines into the pyramid and found the two of you. You're wired up to some sort of mainframe. In fact, I'm standing right beside you as we speak. Then you can help us. I'm afraid it's not that simple. You are being processed by Sisyphus, an organic computer created by the inhabitants of this world thousands, perhaps millions of years ago. Yes, Sisyphus. I have heard that name. It wants your mind, Keeler, or more precisely, your brain. The computer survives by replenishing its organic matter. That's why there's no wildlife here. It has already killed every last living creature, and now it lures in passing travellers with that distress signal. Is it killing me? Not yet. To process each brain, it must first erase the identity. You are being harvested. But in this world, in Cromarsh, your name is Stuart. You told me that my memories of before, that those are dreams. How can I know what to believe? An age-old conundrum. What do you want to believe? That I can escape from this place. You say I must destroy Cromarsh. How? The, the dream is detailed, isn't it? Stitched together, I would imagine, from the genetic memories of those Sisyphus had captured before you. There'll be a weak point. Use your initiative. But I am locked in this room. I see. Then you must find a means of escape. We must... Doctor? Doctor! Wakey, wakey, rise and... Ah, you're already up. Sleep well? I did not sleep. I thought I'd bring your breakfast in myself. Scrambled eggs, toast. There's orange juice and coffee if you want any. How are you feeling today? Do you know what is happening to us? I'm sorry? Do you know what that thing is doing to us? I don't know what you're talking about. It is taking our brains. <laughs> what is? Sisyphus. He tells me it is a computer. Who? The doctor. How many sugars? Oh, do you not understand? It is killing us. This computer? It lives inside the pyramid. Wait a second. The pyramid? Yes, yes. It is wiping away everything that we are. That we are. That which we are. We are. Ha! I told you it would come back. Ulysses, Tennyson, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts. You remember it! These words, where do they come from? Your memory? But I told you I do not know this poem. So you're honestly telling me that you can't remember the next line? Made weak by time and fate. But strong in will. To strive, to seek. To find and not to yield. No! We need to tell Dr. Stewart about this. He'll be so happy. <laughs> what are you doing? No! Oh, Leela, please! Oh, 
You're joking me! Get me out of here. Please! If you do not, get me out of here. Please, Leela, let me go. If we stay here, we will uh, both die. Uh, don't do this. If they see you this way, they'll... They will do what? They'll send you down for surgery, like the others. What others? The first test patients. The ones who didn't recover. There were others like me. They're the reason Strang is so anxious. If the public were to find out... What happened to them? There was nothing we could do. They couldn't readjust after they woke. Six of them in all. Please, Leela, don't become the seventh. Good morning. Oh. Just an accident, Dr. Stewart. Me being clumsy, that's all. I'll get it tidied up in a jiffy. Splendid. Well, I'll take Dr. Marshall off your hands while you mop up. She has some visitors. Visitors? Look who I found. Hello there, Robbie. And this must be Becky. Morning, love. No, no, no. Not this again. I... Those children. Robbie, why don't you say hello to Mum? He's gone all shy. It's seeing you sick, I think. A bit frightening for him. It's all right, Robbie. Mummy's just not feeling very well, so Dr. Stewart is taking care of her. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, very much so. And my word, you have grown since the last time I saw you. And little Becky, too. They grow so quickly. Stop mm. this. Stop what, exactly? All of this. Leela, please. The kids. They're not... They are not. If you're about to say what I think you're about to say, please don't. Not in front of them. But... I hope seeing them might stir something, Leela. Why don't you go and give Mummy a hug, Robbie? No, no, I... Love, please, don't do this. They miss you. We all do. Go on, Robbie. It's okay. There you go. Give Mummy a hug. Don't tell me you can't remember this. Please. Come on, son. Let's give Mummy some space. How about Becky? I know she's been missing Mummy a lot. Haven't you, darling? Haven't you? Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Could you maybe untie Leela's wrists? At least let her hold her daughter. I wouldn't advise that, not yet. What exactly do you think she'll do? This cannot be real. How much longer will she be like this? It's really too early to say, and it depends on her. Isn't that right, Leela? What do you mean? Well, your recovery, it depends on what you want to believe, and what do you want to believe? That he is still alive. And he is. Look, you can see him with your own eyes. Marshall. You keep calling me that. It must mean you remember something. I remember... Yes? I remember how it felt to lose you. You haven't lost me, love. I'm right here. That was very cruel of you. What do you mean? Bringing them here. Marshall and the children. Tell me, when Robbie hugged you, how did that make you feel? How did it affect you emotionally? It made me... Yes? ...happy. Ah, but why? If, as you claim, he's not your son? Because I sensed something. His love for me. And it felt genuine? Yes. But that does not mean I should believe it. Why not? Because all of this is a dream. Ah. Have you ever heard of a Zhuang Zhu? 
No. A Chinese philosopher, 4th century BC, he asked, is Zhu Zhu a man dreaming he is a butterfly, or is he a butterfly dreaming he's a man? It's an age-old conundrum. No. What's wrong? You said those words last night. I said them. No, no, I mean... Dr. Stewart, Mr. Strang is on the phone for you. I wonder what he wants this morning. Leela, why don't you rest a while? Miss Lloyd, if you wouldn't mind taking Dr. Marshall back to her room. Of course. So, how did that go? Mm, it is strange. When the boy held me, I thought I remembered something... We were walking through a park and there were creatures inside cages. The boy was holding my hand and we stopped to look in through the bars at this big black beast. It had the shape of a man, but with enormous arms. Sounds like you took him to see Guy the Gorilla. I remember my parents taking us to London Zoo when we were kids. No. I... I do not know. There you go, that's better. Now, let's get you out of that chair, shall we? I haven't told anyone about this morning, by the way. I wouldn't. It'll just be between us. You really don't want them operating on you. You're safer here, yes? Anyway, I'll just leave you to get some rest and I'll see you later. You are safe here. You are safe here. That is all anyone tells me. You are safe. <laughs> now I'm talking to myself. This place is making a mad woman of me. There is no great genius without some touch of madness. Doctor! Are you alone? Yes, for now. Good. I think I may have found a way for you to escape. Oh, Doctor, he is here. Oh. Marshall. They call him Colin, but it is him. He... He has his face, his voice, his smile. It must be part of the programme. Sisyphus is reading your subconscious. But he seems so real, Doctor. And he's not. Remember that. Anything you see there is your imagination. Now, you mentioned the woman that we saw here. Jennifer? Yes. I discovered her ship a short distance from the pyramid, all her belongings still inside. There was a photograph of her with a young girl, her daughter, I assume. The inscription on the back reads... Jennifer and Sophie, Nereo Sands, 93. Has she mentioned any of this to you? No. And is there any way you could have known this information? I do not think so. Then use it. Now, Leela, I'm sorry it has to be this way. But the Ministry is putting considerable pressure on us to reverse the effects of Sisyphus immediately. It is vital that we get you to remember your life before the experiment. I remember my life. Your real life, your career here at Crowmarsh. Your life with Colin and the children. Dr. Marshall, in the dream you say you travelled around to different worlds with this doctor. Describe for us the last planet that you visited before landing in the jungle, where you were captured. What was it called? I do not remember. Well, what did it look like? I, um, it had, uh... Anything? Anything at all? How about the planet before that? My memories, they are fading. That is how dreams work, Leela. Vivid when we experience them, and in those first few moments after we wake, but gradually, the exact details begin to fade. You're waking up. If I were to get 
better forget the dreams I had. Would you let me go? Could I leave this place? Of course. And then I would be with him. With Marshall. He might have to get used to you calling him by his surname, but that is exactly what we want to happen, Leela. We just want you to be happy. And we'd prefer it to happen without Dr. Holman and his team having to intervene surgically. So if I do not become who you want me to be, you will cut into everything I am and change me with a blade. Is that it? That would be the last resort. But unless you show some signs of recovery... Dr. Stewart? I will ask Mr. Strang for more time. I can only hope he agrees. I won't ask how that went. I can tell. Perhaps they are right. I'm sorry? Perhaps it would be better if I let them cut me open and do whatever it takes to change me. Don't say that. But if it means being happy, there's no guarantee. If it meant having him again. The risks are astronomical. You do not have children in this world, do you? No. No. If you had your memories back, maybe you'd remember. But me and Andy, we can't. I mean, we've talked about adopting, but, you know, it's early days yet. If the computer really was reading your mind, it would have put Sophie in this world, but it did not. What did you just say? Your daughter. Sophie, she is not here. That's not... How, how do you know her name? There was a picture in your ship, of the two of you, in a place called Nereo Sands. No! The doctor told me this because he thought it might convince you, but... Now, I realise, if any of it were real, she would be here. Sophie would be here. Just like Marshall is here for me. That isn't possible. I didn't tell anyone her name. If you could just lift your arm and the other one there. All those memories, they seem so real. How do you know about Sophie? The doctor told me. Uh, at least, I thought he did, but now... When I mentioned her to the scenario team, they said she must have come from my subconscious. An old school friend, or maybe just some little girl I'd seen on the bus. And perhaps that is all she was. But how do you know her name? It does not matter. It matters to me. They say, unless I change, they will cut away the part of me that dreamt about that other life. I'm sorry, Jennifer. For what? For this. <coughs> Leela, what are you doing? <coughs> oh. Leela, please! Press the alarm. You don't have to do this. Press it. <coughs> what have you done? Please, Dr. Holman, she didn't mean to do it. She was upset. There's nothing for you to worry about, Miss Lloyd. We're just taking Dr. Marshall downstairs. I know what happens down there. It is all right. I know what I'm doing. It's a very simple procedure. But, Jennifer, can you do something for me? Of course. The, the picture of Marshall, I, I mean Colin and me, in my room. Can you get it? 
I want it with me. Of course. I'll go and fetch it right away. If that's all right with Dr. Holman. By all means. I won't be long. I promise. And this um, procedure, will it hurt? Not at all, Leela. You won't feel a thing. And when you wake up, you will be your old self again. I promise. Bedside table. Dr. Stewart? Close, but no jelly, baby. Simply the doctor will suffice. Where are you? I'm in the pyramid, Jennifer. You remember the pyramid? How is this even possible? Oh, some minor tampering with the psychotropic waveform within Sisyphus. Not enough to bring either of you out of the dream, but just enough for you to hear my voice. If this is meant to be a joke, it isn't funny. Jennifer, do I sound as if I'm laughing? Listen to me carefully. I can get you out of Cromarsh and back to your landing craft, but first, you must help Leela, do you understand? I'm hearing things. An hallucination. That's all this is. I assure you, I'm quite real. Nereo Sands is rather wonderful in the summer months, is it not? I'm not listening! The sunlight's crescented upon its twin moons. Who could forget that? The reflected scimitar of its rings dancing crystalline upon the turquoise sea. Please, stop! It's all real, Jennifer. You experienced every moment of it. I remember everything. It was the day after her fifth birthday. Mum brought her to the spaceport to say goodbye. Sophie was crying and I said, I told her that I'd only be gone a short while, just a month. It was such a beautiful day, but we were both so sad. I promised her, I promised her I would bring back a gift from Manusa. But they told me it was a dream. You know that isn't true. But I'm safe here. Isn't that what everyone here has always told you since you woke up? You are safe here, the suggested mantra. A form of hypnosis. Repeat it often enough and eventually the subject will believe it. But it's true. We were in danger on that planet. And you still are. And somewhere in the universe, your daughter is still waiting for you to come home. And we don't have much time. The anaesthetist will be here shortly, Dr. Marshall. Anaesthe... Anaesthetist? The person who will make you fall asleep? And when I am better, then you will let me go? Of course. And I can be with him. Ah, Miss Lloyd. Did you find the photograph? Yes, and I brought this. The radio? Why on earth would she need a... <coughs> I can't believe what I just did that. Miss Lloyd is, shall we say, back to her old self. It all came back to me, every second of it. I realised it couldn't possibly be a dream. But what if I want to stay here? Oh, well, I would advise against it, Leela. Nothing of what you've seen here at Cromarsh is real. You must trust me. How can I? I cannot even see your face. Then trust me. You knew my daughter's name when I told no one. You mentioned Nereo Sands, a place that's thousands of light years from Earth. That just isn't possible, Leela. You mean... The doctor's right. This is the dream, and that, that thing will kill us unless we escape. Now, I have a car parked outside. It won't be enough. Everything, everything in this world is part of Sisyphus and Cromarsh. However far you drive, you will still be its prisoner. Then what can we do? Where is the building's weakest point? I don't understand. If you wish to destroy Cromarsh, 
Where would you go? The gas mains, where the gas supply comes into the building. It isn't far from here. Then we must go there. Follow me. Sisyphus knows you are trying to escape. It may do everything it can to stop you, but remember, it cannot harm you in here. Any act of violence will shock you into waking, and that is the very last thing it wants to happen. Dr. Burton, Miss Lloyd, this is my Strand. I hope the pair of you realize what you are doing. Oh, I'm more than aware, Mr. Strang. You are both employed by the Ministry of Defense. That makes this not only insubordination, but treason. And that is still very much a hanging offense. Do you hear me? Loud and clear. You will have to do better than that, Sisyphus. Leela, Miss Lloyd. Dr. Stewart. He is not real, Jennifer. Get out of our way. Now, how about we all calm down and go back to B-Wing and forget this ever happened? What do you say? I'd say your impersonation of me could do with a little work. Impossible. Oh, come now, Sisyphus. Nothing is impossible in a dream, eh? You, of all sentient beings, must know that. He calls us by our name, significantly smarter than the others, it would seem. Perhaps we captured the wrong one. Perhaps we should have processed his brain. Though, of course, there's still plenty of time. Tell me, Sisyphus, when you were creating Dr. Stewart, whose face did you use as a model? Why, yours, of course. Ah, but which one? What do you mean? Well, I imagine any three-dimensional form based on the psychogenetic field of a being that can change its appearance would prove unstable, wouldn't you? You don't mean... Goodbye. Dr. Stewart? No, no, this cannot be happening. No, no. He vanished. But where did he go? Back to the drawing board, I should think. Sisyphus was using a low-frequency psychic field to generate Dr. Stewart. My low-frequency psychic field, to be exact. But nothing a little pity and meditation couldn't override. Now come, we've no time to waste. This is it. This is where the supply of gas comes into Cromarch. And the gas will destroy the building. I should think so. If you were to break open the pipes and ignite it. But we would need something. A mallet or a spanner or... <gasps> or you could just kick them loose. Ah, Leela. As resourceful as ever. Leela? What are you doing? Leela! Leela! <coughs> Marshal! <coughs> Why are you doing this? We have to get out of here. We have to wake up. But why? Because it is killing us. And you are not real. How can you say that? How can you... <coughs> How can you think none of this is real? Look into your heart. Think of the time we've had together. The promises we made one another. Don't listen to him, Leela. It's Sisyphus using your memories of Marshall against you. <coughs> Leela, what if we're wrong? What if... What if this is all just an after-effect of the experiment? We knew this could happen. We always said there could be flashbacks. What if we're wrong right now and all of this is the real world? Listen to her. Listen to Jennifer. You are safe here, Leela. I'll keep you safe. We'll be together. I need something to make fire. <coughs> I, I have these matches, but... Perfect. <coughs> Leela, please. I just want us to be together again as a family. I want us to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? I don't. 
I do not know what to believe. Leela, the moment you trigger the explosion, you will wake up, I promise you. But I could be happy here, Doctor. Couldn't I be happy here? Only until Sisyphus has taken what it wants. Jennifer, what should I do? My... Jennifer? My... Jennifer! My name is Jennifer Lloyd. I was born in Exeter on June 5th, 1954. My parents' names are Richard and Vivian. I studied psychology at Cambridge and began working at the Cromarsh Institute in May 1976. My name is Jennifer Lloyd. I was born in Exeter on June 5th, 1954. We've lost her. My parents' names are Richard and Vivian. <laughs> what has happened I to her? The harvesting is complete. Sisyphus has wiped away Institute all that was left of the real Jennifer Lloyd. Then I understand. None of this is real. Leela, do something for me. Place the radio by her ear. Now, Jennifer, I know you can't respond to me. And I'm sorry we were too late to save you, but there is one last thing you can do for us. Leela, please, put the matches down. I promise I'll, I'll take you away from here, and we'll be happy. Just you, me, and the kids. Just think about the kids. You don't have to do this. Leela, I'm ready whenever you are. I loved you, Marshall. <coughs> I would have done anything to bring you back. <coughs> Leela! Just put the matches down, and I promise you, we'll be together forever. <coughs> Please, we can't stay in here much longer. I'm sorry, Marshall. Leela, no! Oh, Doctor, I hope that you are right. If you can hear me, just blink. There we are. Good. Where am I? You're in the TARDIS. You are. We are orbiting the home world of Sisyphus. This is real? It is really real? Of course. But that place, Crow Marsh, it felt every bit as real as this. I, I could touch it. I could smell it. That was its purpose, to convince you. How long were we in there? Oh, perhaps an hour. An hour? It felt like days. A dream may turn nanoseconds into hours. Doctor, there was a moment in the dream when I wanted to stay, even though I knew it was not real. I understand. And now, even now, there is a part of me that does not know for certain whether I am dreaming still, whether... I am a man dreaming that I am a butterfly, or... A butterfly dreaming that you are Leela. Zhuang Zhu, I'm impressed. That's how dreams work, Leela. Vivid when we experience them, and in those first few moments after we wake, but gradually, the exact details begin to fade. You're waking up. And what happened to Jennifer? I'm afraid we're too late. When I put the radio to her ear, what was it you said to her? Oh, a simple message, something for Sisyphus to absorb as it took her mind. I only hope it was enough. But what did you say?
there is nothing on this world but death. Warning, there is nothing on this world but Sorry, young man. Should he be that close to the edge of the platform? No. Quick! Hey! Careful. Stop! <laughs> what is it? You've gone white. What happened? Doran's dead! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, the fourth Doctor Adventures. The Mind Runners. He was a mind runner. A mind runner? What's a mind runner? Once they put this headgear on, hitch a lift in somebody else's head. Well, any sign? Shh, I'm concentrating. There, I've got him. Dora? They possess them. I have experienced that. It is not good. Mr. Elder. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you startled me. Yes. I often have that effect on people. What happened to Mr. Eldrum was a pop. Was off. The rocket will be finished on schedule, and the evacuation will happen completely as planned. That man said evacuation. I do not think that is a good word. Are you sure they're suicides? We've lost half a dozen in the last week. All mind runners, uh, hanging themselves, shooting themselves. Uh, I see. Still think I'm paranoid? Friend or foe? What are you doing? You idiot! Big finish. We love stories. So my plan, Lou, is to do this in order, really. Great. Otherwise it'll be too bonkers for you. And I've already spoken to Tom about it. And he's grudgingly agreed. Oh! <laughs> Are we? The Cromarsh Institute, London. On Earth? Of course. My name is David Llewellyn, and I am the writer of The Cromarsh Experiment. Tom Baker here, Doctor Who. What year is it? 1978. I was asked to write a story for uh, the fourth Doctor and for uh, Leela, which, and again, was kind of given fairly an open brief with that. Um, I think I was re really excited actually to try and do a story set on Earth because that was something that ne didn't really happen during uh, the fourth Doctor and Leela's tenure. They didn't really visit Earth. They certainly, uh, I mean, they didn't visit contemporary Earth. They didn't visit Earth at the time when the series was being made. Um, so I specifically wanted to do something in that, in that, in that sort of thread. Um, and I, I specifically chose the week in which it's set is actually the week in which uh, Leela left the series and also the week when I was born. <laughs> so that kind of all came together. I was like, oh, that's, that's perfect. So I'll, I'll set it that week. I think it's the second week or first or second week of March uh, 1978 that it's set in. 
And then it's just a way of exploring how you could do a kind of Earth-based story that isn't actually an Earth-based story at all, and that's kind of what the mystery of it is. Nothing is so wonderful in life as mystery, isn't it? When people say, in my family, for example, somebody disappeared. Uh, I won't tell you, it's too long a story, but somebody disappeared on his wedding day in about 1926, 1930, I mean. And uh, later on, all my life as a, as a boy, when my grandmother had had a bottle of Guinness, uh, she used to say, I wonder what happened to our Pat. His name was Pat Hines. And he was a young man who disappeared on the morning of his... Mar he got married and at half past ten, and it, he disappeared at midday and was never seen again. That was quite hard to do for a, a working-class boy in Liverpool. Uh, and so for years afterwards, we never got that. People cannot bear mystery. We love mysteries, but if we don't understand them, we pretend we understand them, and we explain them in a certain way. This cannot be the real world. Oh, look around you, Leela. Which seems the more likely fiction? An alien world with flying robots or London on a rainy Monday afternoon? We simply must try to understand. We can't help it. So sometimes after a while when I'm looking back on my life uh, and someone says to me, did that really happen? And afterwards, when I'm driving home, I think, did it really happen? Well, yes, something like it happened, and that was my take on it. I mean, we all know that old story. When an accident takes place in front of three people, when you look at the statements, it sounds like three different accidents, doesn't it? When it's actually just three takes from three human beings. That's the way they saw it, or think they saw it. It is a building of many rooms and many corridors, like a, a, a fortress. I see. Now listen to me carefully, Leela. I'm Louise Jameson, and I play Leela. I can help you to escape, but there's something you must do. What is it? I will do anything. It was kind of fun to make Leela the centre of the story, to have the Doctor uh, uh, almost as a, as a kind of supporting character in it. And even then, you're not always certain that it is the Doctor when, it, when it's him speaking. Um, so, yeah, I think something that explores Leela and where she is in the series and what her kind of hopes and dreams might be while she's travelling with the Doctor, um, that seemed like a, an opportunity to explore some kind of fun things with the character. All I know is that it, it satisfies my actors' juices more than some other scripts do. I feel tapped as, a, as an actor today in a way that sometimes I might not always doing a Doctor Who story because it has to be very technical, a lot of running, a lot of screaming, a lot of... But this, you know, I absolutely fall in love with someone I know he's dead and then there he is in the flesh, not dead. I mean, that's really going to muck about with your emotions. When they said my name was Marshall, I, I thought, but no, it cannot be you. Of course it's me. You know those dreams, you know, I remember after my parents died and having very vivid dreams about them being there and waking up and feeling so sad, so pleased to have had the dream, so comforted by the dream, but so sad you, you almost have to go through the bereavement again in a weird way. I can't quite describe it. I'm sure your friends would have a word for that. You recognise Colin, don't you? His name is Marshall, and, and yes, he, he is dead. David Llewellyn really knows Leela inside out. He's really got her right. It was nice, and it wasn't overloaded because it could have become incredibly sentimental, couldn't it? But I think he held it just this side of 
indulgence. I did need to watch a few Doctor and Leela stories in particular just to try and get that, the, uh, an ear for that dynamic, I think. Because I think that's the other thing as well. It's not just the individual Doctor's voice, it's how they talk to specific companions because how the Doctor talks to Leela is completely different to how he talks to Romana. And actually how he talks to Romana 1 is completely different to how he talks to Romana 2. So you've got to try and get that, that, try and get that chemistry right, I think. Please, we can't stay in here much longer. I'm sorry, Marshall. Leland, no! The decision to actually use recurring characters, that came about actually through discussions after I'd pitched the initial story. That became fun because that then tied it into, into the broader continuity of, uh, of, of the, the Big Finish series, certainly. But also actually added a little bit of emotional heft to it, I think, certainly for, for, for Leela. Hello? The Heritage Lot said this at work. Just hope it gets to you in time. Marshall, isn't that Marshall? I am Damien Lynch and I am playing Colleen Marshall. Damien, what an amazing voice he has. I was just listening to it in the cans there and he really could be anywhere from 16 to 60. You know, it's it's such a rich timbre, isn't it? Very difficult to place age-wise, which is, you know, very good casting really, given that I'm, you know, 64 pretending to be 26. Um, it doesn't become all a bit weird if you've suddenly got an incredibly young voice beside my voice. So, uh, you know, I, I, lo- I really love working with him. I think he's terrific. I played Marshall in a couple of uh, stories a couple of years ago. Um, Requiem of the Rocket Men was one. I believe Deathmatch, I think, was another one. Obviously, he had this relationship with, with Leela, um, now, and now we see the kind of the what might have been um, relationship which is really interesting that, you know, from a dream point of view, that he and Leela have had children and settled down, I suppose, for want of a better word. Um, so, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's great to come back and play him again and also to play him for the, the, the different side of him. Um, that you see this nurturing parental side, which we didn't see before. We're now prisoners on the same reel of tape. It can do that. Copy somebody from one tape to another. Using the technology that Dr. Van Meer developed. Using the technology that I developed. My introduction to Big Finish was working with Louise um, in a, a Big Finish production that she directed. So that was amazing, first of all. Um, and then, yeah, since then I've worked with Louise a few times and, and Tom also. And it's, uh, and it's great because the relationship that they have um, when they record... Uh, it, we all kind of bounce off. It's just wonderful to listen to them in, in studio, and then to be part of that is really—it's uh, a privilege, really. It's an honour. Not only is it great as an actor to be working at this, but also the, the kind of the you know the, the twelve, thirteen-year-old Damien Lynch would be absolutely jumping for joy that he's working on Doctor Who. Doctor Stewart tells me you didn't respond well to seeing your husband. He is not my husband. I'm sure Colin would beg to differ. My name's Julian Wadham, and I'm playing a psychologist called Dr Holman. Could we turn the lights down? Thank you. It's lovely. I'm particularly thrilled to be coming down to see um, Tom again because I so enjoyed doing an episode with him and Louise um, a year or two ago. Um, And I I loved it so much, so it's lovely to be back. Mannering Carisham was, without doubt, the greatest lanternist of the Golden Age. He was also the only supernaturalist who was never exposed as a fraud or a trickster. One of the things that made uh, my last uh, visit here to do Doctor Who memorable was that I remember clearly being told 
that there was the possibility of a rather good role coming up shortly and that I that I might perhaps be interested in and um, I forgot about it and then sometime later I was offered the role of John Steed in the Avengers and uh, so it's always very nice to work with people who uh, <laughs> keep their word and deliver in such style. Ah, Dr. Marshall. All better now? I'm Dan Starkey, and I play Linus Strang. You remember Mr. Strang from the Ministry? He is familiar. <coughs> I should hope so. Uh, well, this is quite an interesting episode because it's kind of a, uh, a slightly through-the-looking-glass um, <laughs> slight version uh, of, of the world for Leela in that she's stepped into this strange hallucination that's like a, a much more mundane world than the one that she's used to with the Doctor. So Strang is like a... Is a, a, a like a much more mundane version of uh, of the Strang that she's encountered, who's an enormous Sontaran. So he's a, <laughs> he's quite a rather than being a sort of like a, an enormous, very very butch Sontaran. He's a very very butch civil servant who's kind of like equally unpleasant, but in a much more kind of uh, in a much more down uh, d- downbeat way. I think my concern is that this this delusional state will have permanent consequences for you and all of the other test subjects. When we went into the booth this morning, um, I think I used the phrase uh, baritone and unpleasant, <laughs> I think, uh, as, a, as an example to do it, yes. Um, bar- baritone and humorless, that's, that's the way. And Strang is certainly probably more basso profundo and humorless as well. But, uh, but Strang, yeah, uh, Linus Strang is, uh, is, is not quite, hasn't got as quite large uh, a, a diaphragm. Dr. Stewart should be here shortly. I called for him as soon as you began to come round. Not Dr. Stewart, whoever that is. I mean the doctor. My name's Cathy Tyson and I play Jennifer Lloyd. Well, I'm pretty sure he'd insist he is the doctor around here. I've never done sci-fi before and I read it and it, I just thought that it was that it was exciting. And as I read it further on, the plot, the action moved very quickly, and I liked that. And I think it's also got many, obviously this has got many layers to it. The dream, what's a dream, what's reality, uh, fantasy, psychoanalysis, uh, manipulation, um, and strength as well uh, of a woman to push through. Um, and also, you know, the character of Leela to be able to... She's quite a feministic part, really, uh, you know. And also the thought of playing a pilot. <laughs> 1978, the 6th of <coughs> March, 1978. Does that have any significance in Doctor Who world? Uh, well, yes, it does. It was Michelangelo's birthday in 1475. I'm almost persuaded. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm probably going to watch Doctor Who now more thoroughly because I haven't done that before you know and I thought oh this is great and it's fun to do I think the line is as it's written is too long to leave Strang waiting yeah. that's not the way Dan is doing it he wouldn't yes. I don't think he'd wait that long I so, said perhaps it will be and bang he comes straight in I like that as whatever with with big finish it's lovely being part of the kind of rep company and also building up a relationship with the different actors who who play the Doctor as well, and uh, and certainly sort of like now I've become used to sort of, and, and Tom has become used to sort of like working with me. We've got we've got more of a shorthand, and it's interesting seeing how Tom works and has his suggestions as to how he'd like to phrase a script, and occasionally tweaking lines and that sort of thing to make to make them more distinctly about his Doctor as well. So um, no, we've we've gained a sort of shorthand and. Uh, 
And yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure to work with him. And I think that my, fir- my first line after Strang's is, I, I think I should put in Leela there, don't you? Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I am the director. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Leela, yeah. you remember the Strang's? Yes, that's very helpful, actually. Yes. Tom's very sort of modest and uh, typically sort of deadpan and dismissive about the amount of work he does on the scripts because he says things like, uh, I've had... Uh, uh, little else to do i'm paraphrasing it's rather stronger language he uses uh but it's very clear uh, right from the word go when i come in early before the recording to and sit down in the green room and tom's there usually before me or hard on my heels the first thing he talks about more and more as we do these is the script and he's you know he has a thorough knowledge of it all from the doctor's point of view um, he's, you know, he doesn't believe he should know what else goes on in the script. He, he's very, and he has clearly uh, read it many times, uh, probably rehearsed it to himself, uh, and um, it's really useful to have a leading man who has a, a really uh, not just a knowledge of the script, but a real uh, helpful feeling for the. Um, the thrust and the theme of it. So he he makes very intelligent suggestions about uh, what other characters sh- should say, and none of it diminishing the other characters. All of it bringing the other characters out as much as possible. So yeah, he's very engaged with it. All right, Tom. Yep, ready. Okay, here we go. Cue. We no. have a guest. What was that? Oh, I thought we'd do Lou's line first. Uh, oh, oh, has Lou got a line? Only one. Oh, darling, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. At Big Finish, you know, we have these good stories, all of them preposterous, of course, because lots of the very best stories are utterly preposterous, uh, but played with great brio. And um, we lead this idyllic life when we come down here into the studio with these scripts and the special effects and things like that, and lovely lunches. And, uh, and we laugh from morning until night. I just love it. Never been happier.